said those words. She's like, I'm a big agent from William Morris. And when then. someone tells you that they're a big agent, they yeah, have to like, tell this, you that they're a yeah, big agent. Yeah, I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. But also, I was like, you're from LA. That's You don't even know that sentence is odd. Yeah. So like, and then she like gives me the, um, she sends me the sides in Edinburgh. She has me self-tape in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh my God, they love you. And I was like, I was like, just for a second, I was like, I, I was like, don't believe this bullshit. You fall in this football. I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get this role. And then I don't know what happened. It was something like, um, I, it literally was, I was too far away or something. Uh, okay. Like, Fly me out. It's okay. Wow. Well, but what could have been? But guy, and I was like, of course. Yeah. You've got so much experience. That's it. Like, he had, been, he had done so much stuff by then. Mm-hmm. But, like, would you, you, if you did do it, because uh, he's spoken about it previously. He's spoken about it on a lot of, a lot of other podcasts. And, like, yeah. he's basically picked the show apart. And even though I do quite like the show as a viewer, I can kind of understand his point of view because it's a very... It doesn't really show the the fun side of the store. Oh, really? In the 70s. Yeah, it's very much... It was very drab and very doom and gloom. When it, There were definitely moments like that. Like... Um, well, yeah, because it's based on that book, I'm Dying Up Here, which was, a, yeah. I remember it being a really cool book. Mm. Um, but yeah, there were super benefits. I mean, I was, like, look, when I was at the, st- when I was at the store, mm-hmm. it was the um, the era right before this guy, one, Adam, two. took over. Yeah. Two, one, which two. is like, I don't know if it's the darkest period, but that was, was the dark. P- from what? I've heard from Rogan and it was Desolation Row. Yeah, that's it. One, two. Uh, because that was this fucking what, guy ran it named Tommy. Yeah, when um, that was the Carlos Steeler stuff went down as well. Yeah, yeah. Rogan got banned. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. He yeah. He was a piece of shit though. To one, he, he wasn't. Hmm. He, he seemed like a piece of shit, Carlos Mencia. Mencia. I never knew him at all. I mean, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think he had it coming for sure. Mm. But we won't fucking talk about that one. No, he seems like a megalomaniac. <laughs> I mean, definitely. I mean, it's so bizarre, man. I mean, like, when I started stand-up, that guy was the biggest deal in the world. Yeah. And it's funny to watch people forget about him because mm. I remember my parents, like, my parents, uh, I remember it was like Christmas before I was a stand-up, and they were like, oh, my God, we have to watch these DVDs, and they bo- they pulled out this um uh, Carlos Mencia DVD. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, once he had his downfall, I wonder if my mother would even remember who that was. Mm. It's just interesting to see kind of, like, firsthand, like, how how someone's trajectory, like, you know, like, fame is so, it's so weird. Yeah. Like, when a comedian reaches the level that my parents are going, let's watch his DVDs, you're, like, mega famous. Mm. Because, no offense to my parents, but they're just not, like, savvy finger on the pulse. I wonder if I even said, so now, I wonder if I was like, Mom, do you remember Carlos Mencia? I bet you, she just wouldn't even know. Yeah, that's crazy, though. I don't know, it's just like something about relevance and longevity. How do you stay I, in someone's mind? It's, it's interesting. Like, I, I think people think, like, you get to a certain point, and it's like, oh, now everyone knows me. Yeah. It's like... And you can do whatever the fuck you want. No yeah. one cares. Yeah. I've been trying to do a bit about that, about, like, it's a good thing, though. It's good to realize that literally no one cares. Like... I've been trying to do this this uh, this thing that I'm happy about where I do and I just do this like act out about what it's like after a comedy show when someone takes a photo with me. Yeah. And um and then I go through the whole process of like how 6 months later 
they're cleaning out their phone and they have no idea who the fuck that what is. What this photo yeah. is. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, but in the that. moment they're like, "Oh my god, get out of here, mate!" And then yeah. like six months later, look. Who the fuck's this? Like, who the fuck was this? Oh yeah, he was shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Here we go. Are we rolling? Uh, yeah, we've been rolling for a little bit. Oh, okay, cool. Um, shit, let's just continue. Like, fuck. Hi. We'll do. Um, what um, would? Do you want to pop it on? Just, just to, uh, we'll just do a quick. Yeah. Just do. A uh, shall we intro it? Let's uh, do it. I just need to reframe that now. Okay. Oh. God, this looks sa this looks really good, man. I know. I put money into this. <laughs> <laughs> this is your money. Yeah, I pay him. I, I pay oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, this But is, I mean, Mo Mooch, this is... This is his money, but I'm but paying... Yeah, How much is this? Uh, 35 or 40, I can't remember what a weekend is 40. It's 40, it's 40 quid. It's 35... A podcast? Yeah. Per podcast? Per podcast, yeah. A, it's costing me, you 40 quid to interview me right now. Yeah. Hmm. So what, you do four a month? I do. It's it varies. It kind of varies, really. You go so. in. You go. You do bursts. You have like two a weekend, and then he sort of. That's cool. A break. He banks them. He's actually quite. Uh... How do we get uh, sponsors? That's a good question. That's what I'm working on. Do they just next. come to you or what? I think no. you need to. How many thousands do you have to have? Thousands. Two thousand, two thousand downloads, and you can start making a little bit of money. Yeah, I know it's in the top ten percent of comedy interview podcasts worldwide. Um, but I just need to actually look at the. I just need to. This podcast is in the top ten percent. Yeah, worldwide. Yeah, it's got a listener score of twenty six. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've been doing this for a minute. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought I was just on some random <laughs> dog shit podcast that you've done before uh, on your nah, back. <laughs> Well, because the first time you had me on this podcast, it was in the back of a comedy club. Yeah. And I think you recorded me on... With still technically two, in the back of a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's true. Yeah. and we Yeah, had, don't and, bullshit me. And we had School of Rock playing. We had School of Rock, and like I think it was... The, the musical. Because we were at um, Top Seat. We are at Top Seat. Yeah. Russell Hicks is here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's um, give him... <laughs> oh. Where's my camera? Oh, Hi. Okay. Yep. Are we gonna get him on? Hi there. Yeah. Hello. Hey, hello. All right. Good oh. afternoon. <laughs> well, no, the last time we recorded, it was like two tin cans and a string. Yes, that was it. And now here we are. But shit, that Great. was that was fun though. Um, what was I gonna say? I'm to glad you? you had a good time. I did. <laughs> um, I I got I got there's this because this was meant to happen a couple of months ago, right? Mm. And then there's this question that's been this is something I want to talk about, which has been burning me for months and months, right? Because um, during lockdown, I was scrolling through Instagram and I come across your profile and it's a picture of you sitting in a restaurant with a child as your waiter. Mm. Yeah. I then find out it's to do with a TV show because Step Up to the Plate. Because of that, I've now binge watched the whole series because it is fucking brilliant. Like, really? Yeah, I love it. It's great. Like it's a, it's on CBBC. It's on BBC iPlayer. Let's just call no, it no, no, no. Like, it's on BBC yeah, it's iPlayer. on BBC it's iPlayer, a, but BBC iPlayer. Yeah. You binge watch Step Up to the Plate. Yeah, shit. which is a television show for children. It's a show for me. It's a show where comedians get to be rude to children. Oh, is there is there more? There's yeah. It's mostly comedians. Yeah, yeah, dude. I had so much fun on that show. Yeah, and it was a last minute thing that they threw me into and. 
I just had a great time. How did that conversation come about? Because like it, I was watching your episode and I was like, I was seeing you on it and I thought, this genuinely makes sense that he would do this. Yeah, right? the conversation came about the same way any conversation about me getting on television comes about where it's like, hey, um, listen, they've had a last minute dropout <laughs> and the replacement for that also dropped out. Okay. Um, so they literally have no one else. The commissioner isn't happy about it, but he's willing to let you come on yeah. and do your thing. And I said, of course, I'll take it. Brilliant. Take the money, cut it in half, <laughs> and I'll be there. Sweet. No, but it was like, it was just a thing like, um, yeah, you know, just comedians get it. And then like my agent got it for me and dude, I just had a great time. It was so much fun because it was totally improvised. The, the, the only direction I got was like, you're supposed to be a angry waiter. You sit there and the kids serve you things and throw a fit about it. Yeah. And the kids were just like, they're so much fun. They were, uh... They were so into the to the game, and they wanted to do really well, and they were so excited afterwards. And um, yeah, man, I just had a great time because you could just get absolutely stupid. And kids are such a kids are such a good audience because like they're good bullshit detectors first yeah. of all. So like they're not gonna laugh at at any old thing. You've got to be pretty honest with them. And uh, but they also respond really well to just totally silly. Yeah. They do. So I was putting pudding on my face <laughs> and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, man, I had, I had a great time. I'm surprised you watched all of them. Dude, it's, well, first of all, I like Fred for who does first dates and stuff. But like the fact that they got you and Mo together, like that was, it was a great pairing. Oh, yeah. And I got to meet Fred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. How was he? He's a good dude. That's yeah. Sweet. We had a little, we had a few quick conversations. Yeah. Yeah. He How? talked about his suits. I said, hey, sharp suit. Because <laughs> the guy looks sharp. He does. He's he dresses to the nines. And I'll tell you right now, when you get up close, it does not disappoint. Amazing. He smelled immaculate. Like, I wouldn't imagine anything else. And that makes me, as a straight guy, that makes me very happy that, he's, that he looks that good. Why, 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 good. why do you feel the need to I, say you're straight? I, I don't know. You know, what? what is that? I don't know. Is it, is it the what, hair? What, you can't, you can't say Fred looks great in a suit? You, okay, fuck it. He he's fills a, it he, out. He's a beautiful man. Yeah. He looks great in a suit. Cares. And amazing. He looks amazing. And I'm so glad. You think anyone good. out in podcast land stopped there for a second and went, whoa, 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 whoa. What am I? What the hell am I? What the hell am I listening to? I've been, I've been listening to this podcast for months. You yeah. Got, what's your audience base? Well, bunch uh, of bunch of dudes from the eighties. Here's the thing. I, I didn't know I was listening to a Mary. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love having you on. This is really interesting. Uh, yeah. Fred was. Well, he was tender and gentle. Oh, good, amazing. No, he is good what he, at what he does, though. I. I got a chance to watch him work. Hmm. I'll tell you what, though. I went to that restaurant where they shoot first dates. Oh, it's an actual restaurant? It's an actual It is an actual restaurant. I took an uh, I took my ex-girlfriend there. Hmm. Hi, Becky. How you been? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, I took her there, and I mean, it's called the Paternoster, and uh, I, I, you know, I feel bad. I'm, I just, it's not... They changed the restaurant quite a bit, and the portions oh. were small. I, I wasn't I wasn't happy. Oh, uh, not that they couldn't make it up to me if they if they choose to. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have to ask because I'm a bit of a, not a real consumer of reality TV, but like this is why. How how did they how did, how long did it take to shoot? 
first of all. That what? Was... Step up to the plate? Yeah. I can't believe we're deep diving my I'm... performance on step up to the plate. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I just want the audience to know that I, I'm aware. <laughs> this is like, this is seriously like... If if we were to, we might as well break down some of the commercial buyouts I did in the early in like 2011. I did an ad for Zipcar where you oh, can shit. see the back of my head. Okay, and eventually they used my voice, oh, voiceover. That's good. Yeah, no oh, good food on that shoot. Okay, some of these commercial shoots in Los Angeles would give a, like I've had worse food on big pr bigger productions. Yeah. Step up to the plate, the food, you know, we give those kids a break because it's, it's kids preparing the food. Yeah. So, you know, going in, I my expectations were low. Yeah. And I let that be known that those expectations were met <laughs> tenfold. <laughs> yeah, you did. And, but, uh, yeah, it, the good food. But anyway, step up to the plate. I don't know. It took like a couple hours, maybe, three or four hours. I love that stuff. I yeah. love... Uh, that kind of performing, I feel like, is so much... It's it's weird. It's slower. Uh, slower. I mean, there's a lot of waiting around and stuff, but, like, every comedian I've talked to lately who's done any kind of televised performance, kind of... Not that we prefer it more than stand-up, but it's a welcome break. Okay. It's just such a different vibe. It's more collaborative. It's like, oh, let's try that again, you know, whatever. Stand-up is very, like, okay, you know... In the moment. And get it. it right. Yeah. Otherwise, the consequences are severe. Mm. And I don't know. I just feel like, um, yeah, I would love to do more stuff like that. Because cool. you're just, it. there's no script, really, yeah. for that kind of thing. Well, you were great in it, so. You, you know what? My girlfriend's dad is, he's like overly, he swears, he's, that's the best thing I've ever done. Really? And according to him, probably ever will do. <laughs> <laughs> he he was like at first I thought he was just being supportive, cause like I'm it's not a big deal. I was on an episode of Step Up to the Plate, <laughs> like, but uh, my my girlfriend's dad was like, so we were like, hey everybody, Russell was on this thing, like go ahead and watch it, and then like two days later he sent an email that just broke it down. It was like a page long email, just really breaking down and deep diving my performance. Mm. Which at the time I thought was the last I would ever talk about here. <laughs> Until that now. level of depth given to my performance on Step Up to the Plate. But uh, now here we are. I'm glad to have brought that memory screaming back to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should do a film version of Step Up to the Plate. <clears throat> Step yeah. Up to the Plate, the movie. Oh, shit. You I know what? Bring me back <laughs> on Step Up to Look at this. Yes. I'm sure you guys saw a spike <laughs> in numbers around episode five. Yeah. Those kids loved me. <laughs> I'd love to do it again, yeah. Nah, man. I Hopefully, I'd, I'd, have, I'd love to fucking watch it. I'm, I can't get my fucking words out. You were great in it, and I hope you get to do it again. So swearing, <laughs> the, the teachers are totally okay with that. Well, here's the thing. But like, your sexuality has to be ironclad. So you can just throw fucks around like nobody's business, but... Here's the, th here's the thing. If I promote it on the Instagram page, they'll they're, they're, I won't use that swear word on the that word on the uh, I won't use fuck on the Insta on the Instagram page. Yeah, but on the actual episode, yeah, because nine times out of ten they won't listen to the full episode. Right. So, but if they catch the if I get the they get the clip the video clip and then it can get into an issue. If I was a parent, yeah, 
totally honest, because I know this is a problem with, uh, I know my girlfriend's got a few a friend that's a teacher, and this is this is a thing, like, you make your Instagram private. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's strange. You don't want them involved in that world. I would not want, it's the same thing when I've met people who are, I've met comedians who are trying to be comedians, and their day job is like, they're a lawyer. Yeah. If I found out that my lawyer was a moonlighting stand-up comic, I would terminate his employment immediately. Yeah. It's just something about it. I'm like, I need you focused. Mm. I feel the same if I found out my kid's teacher was a podcaster. <laughs> Here's the, well, the thing is, the kids... I just think, well, you know, yeah. I want this to be your raison d'etre. Okay. So this will be my lot. This will be my lot. No, Whenever but I think I'm, I think, out. but what I'm saying is yeah. now that I've met you, I think I'm, I'm a little too rigid in that belief. <laughs> okay. Sweet. I'm... So in the event that I ever have children, which I'm almost positive I won't. Okay. Because the only kids I need are the kids from Step Up to the Plate. <laughs> a show that I will be returning to immediately. Yeah. No, there are moments, though, where you think you could have a kid, it, huh? Yeah. You know? I've always I've always wanted one. Like, mm. and that's kind of my five-year plan. Why do you think that you won't have one ever? Because I know that they cost a lot of money. Yeah. And I like my freedom. And I just don't think that I wouldn't want to do it unless I could really be really good at it. Yeah. And really give them all the time that they need to grow up mm. correctly. And I just think, I just think I like to be, I like to be free. I like to be able to do whatever I want whenever I want. I really don't see myself ever getting tired of that. It's pretty selfish, but. Dude, that's you though, and that's a that's a beautiful thing to have, and it's good that you've been honest about it. Yeah, I mean, but if my daughter is listening to this podcast twenty <laughs> years from now, you know, this is just how I felt at the time. Exactly. Okay, like he's probably a great. You're probably don't come a great at me with right don't now. don't be like oh don't you know, Dad, I found this podcast from when you were you know young when podcasts were a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I found this podcast in a in a bin in a thrift store. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, you were a mistake. <laughs> so what? Deal with it. <laughs> also, Dad, how come you never did anything else after Step Up to the Plate? <laughs> I don't know, because I had you. Because you came into my life. Um. Anyway, uh. Yeah, I don't know, man. Are we supposed to be talking about television? Yeah, we will do. Oh, okay. We technically Sorry, will. I don't mean to tell you how to do your podcast. Nah, it's fine. I'm pretty, I'm pretty loose. Is I he, did when it? I was on. Yeah, he did. <laughs> did you tell him how to do the podcast? Said, yeah, like, mate, this is not how you give, do give, it. I was going to say, like, a, I just told this a podcast. On you. We're a camera on you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Mooch. Mooch is producing this, by the way. I was Mooch told this podcast was about my favorite TV show or something. Yeah, it's a bit of a... It's a so far, it's been about... Like just nothing. Yeah, but it's been about my. Unless your favorite TV show is Step. Well, I mean, I'm I am totally up for the the whole podcast being about my performance on Step Up to the Plate, <laughs> and then everybody watches it. Yeah, and the program, because that's I did I watched that episode and I did think it was a good show. Yeah, which it was. It's great. It's little kids competing <laughs> to to make food for you. Yeah, and we treat them like garbage. It, Great. How many of those? They kids, had it all. How many of those kids? Cooking, were, abuse, 
All the things you'd want from a TV program. All the things a parent would want their child to go through. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fame, abuse from customers. These kids were so good, though. I, I remember thinking, like, what are the odds that I would have a kid this sweet, though? Yeah. Like, just just good kids, you know? I don't think I was that. Maybe we're all, like, good kids, though. Well, like, we're... I don't... They, were they people... Were <clears throat> they kind of, like, people-pleasing? No, man. They were just, oh. like, well-adjusted, good kid. They're just so, like... They're just so pure. You're like... <clears throat> you, you like, I could tell each one of them just in the brief moment I talked to them. I'm like, you're going to be a pretty, I think you're going to be pretty well adjusted, good adults. Okay. Whereas I know when I was a kid, I, I had regular, uh, adults, you know, reacting to me, like basically telling me that I remember adults would react to me as a little kid. Like I was a grown man at a bar. Yeah. Same. Same. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, oh, dude, yeah. I'm just acting up in class and I look back on it and I'm like, you're coming at me. Like we were equals. Yes, definitely. Like I had a teacher throw a book at throw a book at me from the front of the class to the back of the class because I was talking. So, wow. Yes, and she was my favorite teacher as well. Really? <laughs> yeah, she was the best one. That hurts. No, it was like it was. She was proper. Jama she was proper old school Jamaican. So yeah. I kind of understood, and I was just like, I said to my parents, I did tell my parents, like, you know, she did this to me. I was like, oh, my mom's. My name was like. Were you talking? And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, yeah, you got it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it a paperback? Uh, yeah, it was paperback. Well, you know. Yeah. Come on. Don't be a pussy. She could, yeah, she could have thrown a hardcover. Yeah, that would have, I think that. With those been, corners? I think, I think that, uh, funny she enough. She threw a paperback. I think the reaction may have still been the same for my parents, though. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. You came home with a big gash in your head from no, a. They, it was above me. It was ah. above me, so it was all good. So. Well, Edit that out, Moose. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's not even relevant. Uh, so, how have you found coming back to stand up since the bre the break? We'll call it. Mm, yeah, I didn't. Honestly, I think everybody talked badly about Zoom gigs, but I didn't mind them actually. And in retrospect, they did because everyone was like. You know, people talked so. I almost felt like was I have I lost the verve. For stand up or something, because people would, the way they were talking about comedy, it was almost yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. People would be like, I need that. I need that juice, man. Mm. I need that sweet audience laughter. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like it, but uh, Zoom gigs, though. So people would be like, oh, Zoom gigs aren't the same because you don't get that laughter. But actually, when I came back to stand up, I didn't feel like I lost a step at all. Okay. And. I have to think that's probably Zoom gigs because, so they do do something, yeah. even though people are like, oh, it's not the same at all. It's like, well, it must be a little bit mm. because I was, I came back and still felt pretty sharp, but I did something over the summer where I did literally no comedy, Zoom or nothing for five weeks. And when I came back from that for about two shows, I was a little bit rusty. Okay. And I thought, oh, wow, yeah, if you don't do literally anything, you can lose it a little bit. But mm. the Zoom gigs, I, I don't feel like I got that much of a break because there was a point there where Zoom gigs were happening constantly. See, I didn't do any, I didn't do any Zoom gigs, not like out of, not just for no reason. So I think a bit like you, I wanted, them, wanted a little bit of a break, but I kind of went hard on creating the pot creating more podcasts and i think because i was doing something creative like stimulating my brain some way potentially 
I didn't find coming back to stand up as hard as other people as other people did. Yeah, maybe this is a bit of a cliche, but I I completely my philosophy, my outlook, my entire mm. stencil that I've the the prism that I've seen comedy and creation and everything through through the, for the last eleven years completely changed. Yeah, during lockdown. I, I came out a totally different person. I started out in uh, lockdown. My initial reaction when everything locked down was to just do crossword puzzles. Okay. Cool. So I just sat there and I did crossword puzzles for like two months. In my sweatpants, showers were sporadic. And I was just doing crossword puzzles. And everyone around me was doing all this. I mean, I was... At the time, I was annoyed with how fast everybody just started making videos on TikTok. Yeah. Like, I didn't even have a second to wrap my brain around how I was going to get food. And someone was already doing a sketch about how hard it was to get toilet paper <laughs> on TikTok. And I just thought, really? That's that's everybody's instinct? The plane is going down? Yeah. You know, and I've literally seen that. There was a video. There was like a, a plane was going down. Everybody survived. But the way, the, the way I know what the cockpit looked on the inside is some guy took a selfie of it. I'm like, what? you've got to be kidding what? me. What the fuck? Yeah, some guy like selfied with the mask on and everything. <laughs> what? And I just thought that's your, that's your instinct. That's insane. Yeah. You imagine that <laughs> planes going down and you just take a selfie. <laughs> that sickens me. Uh, that 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 that's where we're at as human beings. Not because like oh, cell phones are bad for you. No, no, no. I'm like, where's the. Where's the primal? <laughs> Live in the moment. You, turn, you start. How many times do you crash a plane? Enjoy you it. You start <laughs> making out with whoever is next to you. Yeah. Man or woman. Yes, man or woman. All right. Yeah, man or woman. I don't care Thank who's you. listening. Yes. Man or woman. Exactly. Sexuality is a spectrum. Yeah. Well, it is. And it's I'll true. go either way when the plane's going down. <laughs> and it's like. Anyway, so I just thought, okay, I was annoyed about that, but also I felt totally irrelevant because up to that point, I had. Mostly just done stand-up. I was like, oh, I'm not doing social media and all this stuff. I'm I'm so cool. I don't do this and I like to live in the moment. Okay. And then like um and then I started doing some stuff. I wrote some stuff. Mm. And then and then as I was writing this this thing, like everyone else was like writing a book or whatever, I was like, oh, this is I had all these doubts, like, oh, I can't do this, you know. And then the same with the social media. I was like, oh, I can't do it. And I just I don't know how to explain it, but at some point I just realized that um, your you can build these castles, these beliefs mm. uh, in your mind, and they only really work in certain situations. And I think the first time this is like one of the first times that like, you know, you hear about people who's like, I was a piano player, and then like, I lost both my arms. Mm. Now that can happen. Now, your whole life, you're like, I'm a piano player. This is what defines me. I play the piano. Now you have no arms. So that, to me, says that, like, this idea that you're a piano player, this is an internal belief. This has no relevance to the outside world. This is a belief you've made, mm -hmm. but the outside world operates on different principles. Yeah. And now you have no arms. Mm -hmm. So you have to adjust accordingly. So I realized that, like, I had a lot of beliefs in my head that... that that guide me hmm. that serve a purpose but for the most part are just they're they're limiting a little bit yeah and then i just sort and i've never really thought i could get to this place because i'm so stubborn uh i sort of just shifted and now i have this new perspective hmm. um 
that toward like limitations. Hmm. And I'm a little more sensitive to how I limit myself and have limited myself in the past. And I have this um, beautiful awareness now that I really genuinely believe, not in a nihilistic or depressing way, that nothing matters yeah. in the best way possible. So yeah. you asked me before the podcast started how I deal with if I do a show that goes really terribly. Yeah. Uh, in essence, it's that. There's this that this doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, this, this is um most things that you feel bad about mm. are because you're you're shaming yourself based on some principles that you've created in your own mind. Yeah. Um that don't actually matter. Mm. And the way that's manifested itself in the outside for me is just like understanding that you are a comedian or an artist or whatever. And, you know, if you're doing this for a living, you're kind of already engaging in a certain model, you know, like I think I have sort of I've had really antiquated beliefs on like selling out and stuff like that. Like I'm the guy who listened to the Bill Hicks bit about marketing. Yeah. And was like, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. I think not but- me, bro. And and I still think that that's relevant. And. I definitely have those principles in my core, and I'm not saying, like, oh, I'll sell anything, whatever. Mm. But um, I just think sometimes you can, like, blindly adhere to your own rigid principles, and and, and, and they don't... They're, they're just... They're pointless. They're just limiting for no reason. Almost like self-sabotage or something. I don't know. That was fucking masterful. Did I answer your question? I don't think yeah. it did. Basically, the point <laughs> is is that, like, whenever something comes up... Basically, I'm like, you should just do do everything because there's yeah. no there's no reason not to. So I wrote a book during lockdown. And, like, that whole time I felt that, I was like, what am I doing? Like, what... And I don't write books. You know, because that's this thing I've put in my... Yeah. Like, I'm not a book writer. And it's like, you're nothing. You're whatever you say you are. Yeah. I mean, you have a specific talent and you can utilize that talent um but you're you build this thing around it that like this is what i do but just as easily you can convince your brain that i do i can do anything i want Mm. and then that becomes the thing like i always like tom waits and tom waits is all about like taking something that you're not naturally gifted at uh or so like for example he was like he was like i want to know what it's like if say Tom Jones mm-hmm. tried to play the guitar. Tom Jones is a crooner. Yeah. What does it sound like if Tom Jones plays the guitar? You know, and that's very unnatural. You know, my instinct is like, no, he's a crooner. He should croon the best he can croon. But it's like, well, uh, it's why not. Is- it's not wrong for him to yeah. play the guitar because there are no rules. Yeah. So we, we, why we, set yourself limitations? Yeah, because we attempt to make order. In, mm. in the unit, that's what our minds do constantly. We're trying to make order. But it, the thing about the lockdown, if I can make this make any sense whatsoever, is it proved to me that there is no order because yeah. you've just had a pretty smooth ride. And this was the first time something came out of nowhere and, and just hit you. It was like it was getting hit by a bus. And all your little philosophical, uh, they weren't. Um, facilitating your survival at this moment. No. Because I felt so irrelevant, dude. Like, I was like, I had no social media. I had nothing. And it was like, I just felt like it just didn't make any sense anymore. I was like, okay, so you only do live comedy. But live comedy disappeared. Mm. It was gone. So now what? 
what do you do, do now? Yourself, how do you build yourself up from yeah, there? Yeah, like what do you do? And and um, so yeah, man. I mean, it was weird. I I came out of it feeling great, and that of course comes with all kinds of baggage because mm. you just feel like an asshole saying that. Don't feel bad about that, it. But it is. It's like yeah. that relative thing where it's yeah. like it was a terrible thing. But uh, if we have to figure out a way to cope through it, so well, it personally, is, yeah, it is physically. It was physically ter a terrible thing. Like, but if you are in a position where you're where you're able to look into yourself and be introspective, it could be not maybe not a positive time because obviously it was not a It's not a positive thing to go through. But it can be benefit. It could be ben It could be, and it obviously was beneficial to you, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's just like now, and this is what I think is great. Someone told me this recently. They said, "You know what I like about comedians is like what she's like. What? She's like you just take like the worst because I was laughing about something immediately that was terrible, some situation that had happened to me. Yeah, you know, like I think if a comedian got to heaven. Mm. And God was just like, dude, did you think you were special? <laughs> Our reaction would be to find that hilarious within seconds. Yeah. Because it's so sad. It's so pointless. And uh, we sort of can totally appreciate when we, when it's just so hopelessly sad and that it was us who really thought that because I think we have those suspicions every comedian walks around or every artist or whatever thinks they're so special and they think they're the one mm. and they also at the same time are pretty sure that's bullshit yeah and so when that's verified uh to them they can be devastated but they can also just be like that's hilarious yeah, yeah. I, I know it's stupid that I walk around thinking that <laughs> and so now I walk around all day with this voice in my head that tells me all these things I used to think and at the same time I'm like dude you're you're full of shit mm. like I know this is what you the, this voice thinks but it's like you're wrong it's yeah I mean your mind can lie to you people have schizophrenia and and all that stuff so at this on a, on a much much tamer level than that you can tell yourself things like you know, oh, you're not you're not supposed to do this, and no, this isn't you, and it's just like always going on. But you just kind of like, no, that's that's not true. But you gotta have the strength to be able to do that. Unfortunately, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. But I guess just after a while, it's just like um, it's just a voice. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, and that's just career stuff. Uh, yeah. I guess you know, which is nice though. It's cool because like, as much as we, when that stuff is going good, and feeling good, and I don't mean external rewards, mm. massive massive rewards like step up to the plate yeah you know huge industry badges that will turn heads like getting an episode <laughs> on step up to the plate yeah which when are the baftas have they already happened i have no idea can we look that up well i'm just saying i probably if not in the running i'll make it happen. for my appearance on step up to the plate if not for this um yeah if not for this for sure <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. What was I saying? Yeah, you just feel good about whenever you, when you feel like you're um you're flowing and you can do whatever you want. So anyway, man, to answer your question, I returned back from stand up feeling uh, better than I did before. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty sick. That's honestly, I couldn't have asked for a better answer than you gave me. So you mean cool. longer? No. <laughs> 
No, genuinely, that was just so introspective. You're a good podcast host, dude, because like some people, sometimes you do someone's podcast and they, they look at you like you're talking too much, which is always weird to me because I'm like, this is a podcast. Yeah. Like dead air is awkward. Yeah. But I don't get that vibe from you. If anything, I think you should rein me in a little bit. Okay. I'll rein you in a little bit. Okay. Um, So why did you pick NYPD Blue for the, for the TV show, for the TV show? You got a lot of nerve asking me a question. I know. (laughs) You son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. I switched to... Okay, so NYPD Blue is something I've started watching recently. Okay. I was about three seasons in. NYPD Blue is a show that started in the 1990s. It is about the New York Police Department. Yeah. It's gritty, hard-boiled TV drama, but it was on... Terrestrial TV, you know, this is before, I mean, HBO was around, but HBO hadn't done The Sopranos yet. Yeah. You know, so, which I think they, I mean, NYPD Blue on a channel like that would have been even better, but NYPD Blue pushed a lot of boundaries, like, Mm. NYPD Blue got to the point that they could, they were saying, like, I'm on season 10 now, and they say, or 11, and they say bullshit, and they could do one bullshit an episode, and that was like... I think uh, I heard someone say once they created a watershed in America. Like, it was on after 9, and they were just pushing all these boundaries. But on the surface, the reason I like NYPD Blue is I really like hard-boiled, old-school crime Mm. noir-type stuff. And I don't... I don't totally know why I like it, but even even the writing that isn't noir and that kind of hard-boiled, terse language... It sort of has that vibe. Yeah. Even if I read something like Bukowski or something like that, it's got that grit, that just punchy, quick. And NYPD Blue has that kind of thing. The dialogue is snappy. Okay. There's a there's a lot of great turns of phrase. Mm-hmm. Is it kind um, of? Like, I've not seen, obviously I've not as I said before I've not seen the show. So is it kind of like Sorkinish snappy or is it more? Um, um, yeah, sure. It's kind of like I you could say that. Okay. It's really character driven because. Um, it centers around Detective Sipowitz, mm-hmm. played by Dennis Franz, who is like, I mean, this is one of the, this is just a classic TV character. He's fantastic. He's he's a racist cop. This is the thing that you, like, they don't shy away from that. Yeah. He's a sympathetic character, um, but he has, he's bigoted. He's a little racist. He's homophobic. You know, I don't want to say like New York cops are like that, but he's he's a stereotype. Of he's a, a co- yeah, yeah, he's a he's a tough, but he's also got a strict moral code, and he does what he thinks right. Mm-hmm. Um, and through his bigoted nature, they exploit and explore a lot of those tropes and a lot of those thinking patterns. Okay, and they don't. They don't do it delicately. They don't shy away from it. I mean, I think the show was totally ahead of its time. Like, mm. some of the stuff that gets talked about, I'll think, wait, this was 1999. Mm. And they're doing, like, not believing women about sexual assault or, like, how, uh, you know, just um, how they, like, after 9-11, obviously, there's a lot of stuff about being bigoted and, and things like that. So there's a lot of that stuff, you know, that they get deep into. But then also the acting. Yeah. Basically, it's constantly sitting in interrogation rooms. So it's like this. Yeah. Just two people in a room. Or three. 
If we talk about, like, Maybe yeah. three. Yeah, Mooch, Mooch would be like, Behind the he's like the cop who's just sort of sitting there with his arms folded. Okay. Having a black cup of coffee. Mm. And he might step in once in a while and say something like, you and this was. handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Film. He'll just jump in with a classic movie line. Yeah. And people are like, what? what? He'll just step in. He's like, I just want to say, you make me want to be a better man. <laughs> well, you don't put baby in the corner. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Detective Mooch. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mooch, by the way, sounds like a great name for it, a TV uh, show about a detective. Yeah. I don't know. Mooch. Turner and Mooch. Turner and Mooch. That got perfect. That's back. That's back now. Or they've made that into a series now. Oh yeah, I think I saw that. I haven't seen it, but like, yeah, I saw enough to make me not Turner and watch Hooch, it. the movie or the yeah. the TV show. Yeah. yeah, we have Josh from Drake and Josh, but that's another. Well, wow, hey, yeah, that's another. One. More power to him. I saw that as a double feature with Uncle Buck. Did you? Holy Classic shit! Films. Great night at the drive-in. I still remember it. Wow. Yep. What year was that? I was like. I don't know. This is my spin. 89. I might have been like six years old. Okay. Double feature at the drive-in. Turner and Hooch and Uncle Buck. That's a long time to be watching a movie, though. Two two-hour mm. films. I know. It was great. I Yeah. I was totally into both of them. And I think it was Turner and Hooch first. Yeah. And then... And then Buck closed Buck, it out. Yeah. It was like... Pfft. That's amazing. Couldn't believe it. One-two punch, man. Mm. Mm. Like, I was, always, I was reading up on... Even though I've not seen it, I did read up on NYPD Blue. And it yeah. turns out... Because this kind of links in a little bit with Turner Hooch because the guy that created the NYPD Blue also created Doogie Howser MD. Did he? Milch or Bochco? Uh, Bochco. So I haven't done any interviews with these guys because I don't want to spoil it, but I'm absolutely going to deep dive because I think Milch also did Deadwood after that. Yeah. Actually, it almost... I don't know what this says about me, but their names pop up very prominently in the executive producer credit after yeah. every episode. And it's like, you can just tell these dudes are like TV gods. They have the shit. Yeah. And it almost annoys me. Yeah. Because I'm Why? like, are they, I don't know, because they're just so successful. I just like, I can't even handle <laughs> these guys. Like, it's just like every time, it's almost like, stop. Okay. Just, we get it. Because every time an episode of NYPD Blue ends, it goes, Milch, Bochco. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Does it not do the thing at the beginning of the title where, it, where at the beginning credits where it goes created by? Or? Yeah, they're all over it. That's oh, what I but, mean. They're, oh. they're all over it. Yeah, they're out. They're narcissists. Yes, but it's not every TV producer though. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, they, except they, for the but, ones. But, but the point the is, they've made great stuff, and uh, and this show is no exception. And so the thing I like about it is that the acting, it'll just be like, okay, we're in an interrogation room, and it's very. You know, I'm going to get some out of you. Mm -hmm. But every perp they bring in is a new perp every episode. And the acting is incredible. Mm. Because it's such a... As far as television acting goes, I don't think there's really any more... Any way you can stretch the craft of it than just the camera being on you mm. while you're sitting there doing a monologue. Mm. You know what I mean? It's very... Because that's what TV acting is, really. There's a way to act on camera that's different than being on stage. And uh, so those those scenes are just really intense. Like, I actually think I've gotten better at learning how to act on television by watching this show. Okay. And this show, I was three seasons in, and then I went, I wonder how many seasons this is. It's 12. 24 really? episodes. Okay. And so a couple of months ago, I just I texted my friend. I said, I texted my friend Jimmy, and I was like, have you watched all of these? He said, yeah, three times. Wow. And I said, so you really went all 12 seasons? He said, yeah. 
So I'm on season 11 now. I've been living in the world of NYPD Blue for months. This is the only thing I watch. And uh, it's riveting. And one thing I like about it, too, is they, you've got Sipowitz, and Sipowitz has his partner. But his partners have changed, like, four times. Why is that? Um, oh, well, oh, because well, there's well. a, yeah, there's a lot of politics with, like, oh, so-and-so left the show. But okay. in the show, they say, oh, he got killed. He did this. Yeah. His new partner, did you guys ever, you're not American, so you might not know this. Um, there was a show called Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah, do you go know Saved uh, by the yeah, Bell? Yeah. Never, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a dude that does a, a podcast about sitcoms okay, generally. Okay. Never heard of Saved by the fucking Saved Bell. Saved by the Bell is, was, yeah. is, is an institution. Okay, yeah. great. So his new partner on this gritty... Nasty no. cop show. Oh no! Is it? Is the I... one and only Mark Paul Gosseler, Zach oh, Morris. Oh yes. Zach Morris. Oh my god. And he's fantastic. Oh, he's a good. I, I'm what? He's a great actor, and he's great for the role. Yeah, I'm watching a show um, with him in at the moment called Mixed Dish, which is on. I was wondering if he's still working. Yes, he was on. Um, Fra- he was on. Um, he was on Franklin and. Ba- I'm not Franklin Bash. What's the other one? Um, uh, another one, another comedy drama thing about lawyers. But he he did um, he did that, and he's done. He's on mixed dish at the moment, and he's currently a recurring role on the Say by the Bell reboot. So yeah, he's still going, man. That's upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the reboot. <laughs> yeah. Listen, where's my camera, Mark? You know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You're better than that. <laughs> Make the right choice. <laughs> Tarantino needs to get a hold of him. I want Tarantino's last film to have Mark Paul Gosler. He's a good actor, dude. Because I think they were inspired. Uh, actually, Lee, can I get my camera again? Mark, I was just kidding. I haven't seen the show. <laughs> like it's, it, honestly, if you want to do Saved by the Bell reboot, like go for it. I, I feel like that was unnecessary. It's, it's probably fine. Screech, R.I.P. All right. Yeah. For reals on that too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, great program. I freaking loved Say by the Bell as a kid. I've probably seen it more than I've seen anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just the way it is. But, no, he's great in that show. And um, the thing that emotionally connects me more to NYPD Blue as well is uh, I used to live with this guy named Jimmy, who is a comedian now. And I think he's writing in Los Angeles. He's doing really good. And uh, I guess he probably wouldn't care if I said his whole name. His name's Jimmy Calloway. And I've heard the name before. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he's... Okay, good. Yeah. All right. He's just doing better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> no, and good for him, man, because he's so funny, and he was such a pivotal person in my life. Mm. I knew him before we were both stand-ups, before I even decided to do stand-up. This is what's weird that he's in the comedy world now, is that we're, like, getting reconnected in this way. When I was living with him, I was drinking, and we were just these drunken punk rocker go-to-dive-bar guys. Now, Jimmy used to always call me Junior, mm-hmm. because he's older than me, uh, which at the time, I thought he was older than me by quite a bit. I guess he probably is. He might be 10 years older than me. Okay. And he was like, um, he maybe not relaxed, Jimmy. If he's, he's in Hollywood now. That I've <laughs> ruined his career. <laughs> he might not be that much older than me. Uh, but he... Um, He'd be like, come on, Junior, and call me Junior, and all this stuff, and like our dynamic or whatever. And I'm realizing now, in NYPD Blue, uh, Sipowitz gets this new detective, Mark Paul Gossler, mm-hmm. and he calls him Junior. Okay. And their relationship is so similar to us, and I know this is like his favorite show, that I'm kind of like, oh, man, you were like 
massively influenced. Like, and knowing Jimmy, he's so he he's so uh, loosely in touch with reality. He lives very much in the world of comic books and everything like that. He must have fucking absolutely loved that a quote unquote like young hotshot kids started living with him because I just randomly started living with him. It was like NYPD Blue was happening right before his eyes. So I sort of like uh, have that extra connection where I'm like, oh, this is crazy, man. This whole dynamic reminds me of me and Jimmy because Jimmy was like an old hard ass, like, you know, a bit of a rough around the like edges. The like the chief of the police. He was. He was like yeah. a chief and he would he helped me through a lot of stuff back then. You know, I was going through breakups or something. Um, so it adds that extra dimension for me. Mm. But... As a as a show, um, I just like I just I want to be in a show like that. Mm. You know, I want to be I want to I want to be able to say cool little phrases like that. <laughs> There's just like all these. Sometimes I want to write down all the little phrases because I love that kind of stuff. Like, you know, he's like, uh, uh, "We got to be there by noon. Do you, do you want to go?" And the guy's like, "Well, I'll put it to you this way: I'm not going to run any red lights." <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a good one. I like that. If you could remake it, how would you do it? If you had no, you have no choice, right? Yeah. But to remake it, how would you do it? Um, if I could remake it, and I think they are remaking it. Really? Yeah. And I'm okay. afraid they might ruin it because one of the good things about it is it's not so beat you over the head point of view. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the politics are there, but it's not like this guy's bad and this guy's good. It's like, it's very, there is no good or bad. I yeah. mean, like I said, Sipowitz is the epitome of the show's morality. Mm. He's terrible in some ways and incredible in others. And because he's a human being. Yeah. If I were to remake it for 100%, it's got to go on a streaming platform. Oh, God, yeah. Because... You know, I would try not to go overboard with the language and stuff like that because I feel like NYPD Blue is really effective without being able to be too sweary and whatnot. I would... But also you'd want people to watch it and like most people don't consume regular TV. Or, well, terrestrial TV, if that makes sense. Oh, they, yeah. They go to your Netflixes, your iPlayers, your, your Primes, or whatever it is. I would strip out some of the more fantastical storylines that happened at some points. Like, the show is the best when it's stripped down and hard-boiled. Just mm -hmm. real. You know, we don't need, like, a lot of chases or... No. Random. There's been a few, there's a you don't few want a situations. Michael, you don't want a Michael Bay it. You don't want a Michael Bay it. And you don't need people getting, like, um, held captive in the police station. Uh, mm. Things like that are a bit cheesy. Uh, so I would definitely, I would have Dennis Franz, you know, back. Is he still alive? He's alive. He's very old, though. So okay. he couldn't really be in the show. But like maybe on a video call or something, on a video call. Or something. <laughs> no, I would have to reanimate him. Uh, <laughs> if if we're in real time, then I mean he can't be in the show. Okay. Because otherwise, it's just lame. Mm. Maybe no, he's the chief. Okay. I'd make him the chief. Or he could be like the Charlie from Charlie's Angels, like the voice, like a voice. Um, yeah. He'd be off. I'd like to see an old Mark Paul Gossler. He doesn't look. I would imagine he doesn't whatsoever. He, no, you can tell he's had. 
apparent. Well, Uh-oh. it looks to me. Has like he had it, work? Maybe it looks like it. Why do men have work? I mean, it's weird. wrinkles work. Look at Hugh Grant. I know. Like it's the same with him. All, but it's the same. With I don't mean Mark. to be a dick to Hugh Grant, yeah. but like, what? He's really wrinkled. Yeah, and that's cool. And I'm glad he's wrinkled mm. because, you know, if that happens to me. But I mean, it's pretty dry. <laughs> I'm just saying, he is dry. Yeah, a little bit. I feel terrible about what I'm saying right now. I, but I, he's look, gonna hear this. Yeah, definitely. Also, this is payback for me. I'm probably gonna freaking prune up right after this podcast. Also, see, I would never get work. You see this tooth? Can you tell I've got a dead tooth? It's like brown. A little bit. Like, I've been using a charcoal toothpaste. I think it's working. Yeah. I mean, um. I've made a deal with myself that under no circumstances will I fix that tooth. Because I've noticed everybody has, I don't know if anyone else knows that everyone's got fake pearly white teeth. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that I'm, even comedians are getting pearly I, white. Everyone I, looks like they're uh, I, Jim Carrey in the mask. I don't get why comics do that because you're not, it's not really, I mean. I didn't know it was a thing until yeah, I. We're in England like, now. Like, yeah. everyone, isn't this the common trope that everyone here has bad teeth? Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. So. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. No, you're I know, well, but yeah. like the world Compared now. Compared to the rest of us, those like, are great teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like the only one. I, I know like five comedians though that have like, have gotten this teeth job done that everyone does. Name them. Well, I mean. <laughs> Okay. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, right. Comedians are doing lawsuits now. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. what Bobby Mayer told me last night. Uh, he said people were suing each other. Uh, apparently so. Apparently no, the only so, thing, that, yeah. the thing that bothers me about that is yeah. I'm like, my initial reaction is like, you can afford a lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> Expensive ones. That That's all I think. Ale- I'm just like, alleged, wait, what? Alleged, teeth? Al- <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. You have teeth and a lawyer. Yeah. We're with the same agent. What's going on here? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Oh, fucking brilliant, man. Oh, if that was an applause button, I'd give it to you right um, now. But that was, that will go, don't worry, that will not leave this room. Don't you worry. Don't no, worry. I don't mind. I'm not saying bad or good either way. I huh. all, all More power to you. I'm just saying I didn't know everyone was... I don't read the news, so I didn't know everyone was suing each other right now, but... Yeah. Well... All right. Okay. That's the one you know what living. someone told me? They said... I, I mean, if you think this is bad, we can cut it out. I mean, I've already... Burned my bridges with Mark Paul Gossler, but I'm I'm not judging, and I I know these comedians involved, and I think like they're friends enough with me that they're cool and they know where I'm coming from. That I'm genuinely not judging. Like I know they're doing a thing, and but someone told me last night that he wants to go to the trial, and I was like, "There's not going to be a trial, stupid." No. Like <laughs> that was a. Yeah. You really think there's going to be a trial? Who wants tri- to go to the trial? Huh? Who? Which one? Both of them. No, one. No, oh, I didn't one, know there was two. No, wait, no. Which no, no, comedian which told you they want to go to the, yeah. the defendant? No, no, no. A random comic was like, let's oh. go to the trial. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, <laughs> do you know how? I'm pretty sure it doesn't work that way. Like, he actually thinks there's going to be like a courtroom drama that lasts like three weeks. Oh, Jesus. Like, no, it's not. Over. I mean, I. I mean, if there is, let's go. Yeah, if there is, <laughs> great. But it'll be, it's. It's fucking stupid that it's gone this far. If it's if it's the thing that I think we're talking about, but yeah. Well, I mean, no, I gotta say, I mean, look. In in both cases, 
damage, it, that is a tough... Yeah. Well, okay, I don't even totally know what we're talking about right now, to be honest, because I don't know about all these lawsuits, but I'm just yeah. saying... Okay, it's getting too okay, specific okay, now. We, okay, we'll cut that out. We'll no, you don't have to cut it out. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I was just making a joke that comedians... I heard that there's lawsuits. I have no idea what they are or what's going on, really. But um, I don't know, man. It's a scary thing. Like, I've been trying to talk on stage about cancel culture and stuff and, like, how over... Over the course of the last six months, my opinion on that has changed dramatically. Okay. I, I was originally like very right on, like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. And now I'm like, I don't know where I stand on it. I mean, I I was originally of the opinion that it's not even real, you know, that like these people we say they get canceled, they just keep going on anyway, and it's a big uh cancel culture is like a myth propagated by the right and all that stuff. And now I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just scary. Like, I did, the, the, there was like, um, if you start getting, like, for example, as you know, I've been on step up to the plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a target now. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it's just crazy that someone can uh, take what you say or call you then... a name or say you're a plagiarist or something and then like that's like it like that's it now yeah i don't know it's weird yeah i mean i know where i stand on cancel call i know where i stand on it and i think my view my view is this people are like you're allowed to say what you want and people are allowed to and people are allowed to react however like i do think the whole you should i think you sh I, I i started off with the point i think <laughs> Oh, me too. I'm not going to lie. All I know here, this is, the, this is, this is yeah. the best way. This is the best way for me to sum up how I feel about this because I don't necessarily have an opinion. Yeah. All I'm going to say is that from the moment we started talking close to, um, I made the joke about lawyers. Yeah. And then once we delved deeper into it, I have been shitting my pants <laughs> all the way up to now. Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is, but nope. that is just a fact that I'm like, have been genuinely nervous and wondering if we should cut out what I've been saying up from that point to this point. Oh, definitely. So whatever that is, that's, that's something, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah. just kind of weird. Like the fact that we I didn't really do anything. The fact say that anything. we didn't say, the fact that you, we genuinely just had a conversation about a situation which people are talking about and it but it could still get us but we're still thinking will this get us in trouble is, yeah is it's worrying. like i'm just like afraid people will be like well let's sue him now yeah <laughs> everything, what? everything was alleged allegedly yeah alleged yes exactly that gets you out of law i think yeah i'm no lawyer but yeah allegedly what's your favorite episode of him no i don't think those like, guys <laughs> i don't think those guys would sue me they no. know me too well. They know they would get nothing. <laughs> so what is? They'd be like, "What are we gonna get from Russell? <laughs> what is Russell? To the We're gonna get like some old fucking <laughs> records. Here's my skateboard. <laughs> what is your favorite NYPD Blue episode? <laughs> Good point, man. I, no, it's true. Uh, because I um. Good question. Because I have watched so many of them now. I was thinking about that last night. I was like, God, these have all totally bled into another, mm. one another. So I'm like, I don't even, I can't even think what my favorite episode was. And I was actually thinking, oh, that's a shame. I've watched so many. Because mm. my girlfriend's watching The Sopranos right now. Oh. Which is like incredible that, like, I'm just so happy that she is watching that. 
I've not seen that yet. I know. Oh, yeah, it's I great. Know. I know. No, it's not a big deal. I'm not one of those people like, what? Podcast cancels. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, I love it. I love should it. I insult the cast of The Sopranos just to... Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Go for it. One concert. Where's my camera? <laughs> where's my camera? <laughs> Michael Imperioli. I mean, come on. Give it up, bro. <laughs> what, in general? Or... Um, can I get my camera? Michael, that was a joke. You're fantastic. You've always been great. And you're part of one of my favorite episodes ever. Mm. Please don't sue me. All right. Um, no, he, he is part of one of my favorite episodes. Which one We're, is Michael? Michael Imperioli is Christopher. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, my favorite episode of that show, well, my favorite moment of Sopranos, I know we're not talking about NYPD Blue, and I told my girlfriend, I said, tell me when you get to this part and just tell me if you notice it. And it was interesting. She didn't clock it as a very poignant moment, but I was like, that hits me right in the chest. Okay. Him, and spoiler alert, him, um, Steve Buscemi and Tony go out to dinner. And uh, Steve Buscemi's just come to town and he's kind of a new character. Hmm. And at some point in the dinner, Steve Buscemi and Tony start teasing Christopher and, and just kind of ganging up on him a little bit. Hmm. And... It just hurts his feelings. And there's a moment when he's driving home and he's in his big suburban and a tear goes right down his face. Oh, that's acting. That it's is just what well, it's Tony's, just Tony's no Christopher. Christopher yeah. Christopher's like, you know, he's just getting ganged up on. He's trying to play it cool. Like, you know, but they're doing that thing where they're just like, yeah. And I said, I was like, I told my girlfriend, I was like, right. And he's driving home mm. and the tear. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> You've never been a teenage boy. No, never. Like, well, that's well, that's the thing. We can relate to that because we've not, we've been in those situations where you've been the butt of the joke and you've had to play it off. Like, yeah, it's brutal. I remember yeah. like you'd spend the night at your friend's house, and then sometimes you would just end up being the runt. Yeah. And, you and it would come out of nowhere. Yeah. You're like, oh my, what's but going bit, on here? I thought we were having a good got, time tonight. And you got to accept the you role. Could, you got to yeah. take it like that. Yeah. But on the drive home alone. Yeah. Or the bus. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's just a great moment because they're all they're all sociopathic murderers, and yet that got to him. I just I think that's beautiful, man. But, but NYPD Blue. Oh gosh, I don't know. I would say it's my favorite episode. I would say it's got to be when. Um, Jimmy Smits was on, which is like around seasons three or four. My friend likes it because Andy Sipowitz is a um, recovering alcoholic, and my friend Jimmy likes it when Sipowitz goes off the wagon mm. and just gets drunk and becomes a, a general lunatic. So maybe any episode where Andy goes off the rails, but I... Oh, no, actually, I have a moment. I do have a moment. I don't know if it's my favorite episode, but I'll just go ahead and say so because it's got my favorite moment because it's a moment that my friend Jimmy showed me. He pulled me into the room and he's like, you got to watch this right now. And he sits me down and we watch this interrogation scene. And it's a guy who has killed a, um, he's like brutally murdered like his teacher. And he's like, it's like he decapitated him, which is a pretty gruesome death for this show. I mean, usually it's pretty... You know, whatever. Well, no, they're all gruesome, but that one was particularly. Hmm. And it was interesting because they sit him down to interrogate him. And you're like, here comes the big interrogation. And he just immediately confesses. Wow. Like really deadpan. He's like, yeah, I killed him. And they're like, what? And they're all really shocked. And then they're just like, 
why? And then he goes into this raging monologue that is so insane and intense. And he just talks for like two straight minutes or whatever. And it's just incredible. Mm. And, and when it was over, I remember my friend Jimmy was just like, his whole thing was like, who was that guy? <laughs> like that actor, he's like, whatever happened to that guy? Mm. Like, why have we not seen that guy in everything? Who was he? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's worked. Maybe. But it was, um, I don't know, I just remember that moment. And I watched that episode again when it when it was coming up in this run that I've been watching. And I was like, yeah, that's in- it's, it was, it's intense, man. Okay. It's pretty cool. It's just a cool piece of acting. Like, Jesus. I think I forget the name of the episode, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're almost out, dude. We're almost done. We've almost done an hour. That was amazing. That was so much fun. Genuine. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, I, had a, I had a good time. I had a great time. Like, Felt fun. Jesus. That was amazing. I don't think I said anything terrible, did I? No. No, no, no. No. Amazing. So I just think you don't want to... You don't want to... Um, I think you just don't want to taunt people into looking into you. <laughs> so I try to make it regularly known that I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. But so that like, people don't, because this is, I've been trying to do this on stage too, where I try to like say that if in the next two years, like I get successful, just know that I didn't, I don't, I don't want some squeaky image. Cause I think you can get in trouble when you have a, when your image is like, I'm a great guy. Yeah. And like, are you? Well, it's like, I'm okay. Well, those I'm pretty hunt. good. Just let it be known now. Like, I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm all right. Yeah. So let's settle this out of court. Well, there's no real secret of the people who are like the happiest and smiliest on TV, on TV that want to make you want to be your friend. They turn out to be genuinely turn out to be assholes in real life. True. So my... My moral, my morality, you know, and, and it, basically it's, um, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to be the best I can. Yeah. Like Detective Sipowitz. <laughs> I'm out there serving and protecting. And Nobody's you, perfect. No, that's it. You've got your flaws, but you've also got heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cue the NYPD blue music. Crib. And Mark Paul Gosler. Oh, yeah. Still working. Still plugging them. Let that be an inspiration to us all. Mm-hmm. People said he peaked early. But him and That's Mar- it. But, That's MPG. But him and Mario Lopez still going at it. Mario Lopez is like Yeah, he's doing great. He's again on the Say by the Bell reboot because why well, wouldn't he be? Of course. Because he's in fucking I, everything. When I heard AC Slater was making an appearance, I said, Well, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I feel like even if he was massively successful, like in a weird way, he could have been the rock. Yeah, he could, well, yeah, definitely. I he feel had, like he had. Well, the thing is, he he probably didn't have because it was the nineties. He probably didn't have the. I want right. to see. I don't know. I feel like when you look at the two of them, you think they're kind of similar, you know. Yes. Except Mario could probably add on seven thousand pounds of muscle, but yeah. And why they, don't we get those two together? Well, Mario Lopez, and Mario Dwayne, Lopez, and Dwayne Johnson. I'm down for this. I feel like they could have great chemistry. I think this is a show that needs to happen. Why doesn't The Rock make an appearance on the Saved by the Bell reboot as like AC Slater's long lost uncle? Well, like, his, yeah, long lost brother. Um, his long lost brother. Uh, long lost brother. Cousins the safest one to go. With. Cousins, cousins, yeah. Cousins. Could be. There's a very age difference there potentially, and you, yeah. But, okay. Yeah. 
Cousins. Sure. Okay. So cousins. So the Rock's cousin Slater. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll pitch that. Well, yeah, pitch that. Good. <laughs> Get that out there. Do you want me to make a few calls? Yes, please. I know some people down at Step Up to the Plate. <laughs> I'll get Fred on the phone right now. Please Fred, do. baby. I got a hot property. You're going to want this. You want the guys from NYPCD Blue, is it? Yeah, oh, let me get Bochco. 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 He, died like, he died three years ago. Oh, did he? Yeah. What a legend. What about Milch? I think Milch is <laughs> That's me on the phone. Oh, really? Ah, <laughs> give me Milch. <laughs> Bochco bought the farm. Give me Milch. Dude, where, where can people find you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Russell Hicks. Two S's on the end of that. TikTok is uh, pretty good, too. That's uh, Hicks Comedy, I believe. Just Google Russell and Hicks and TikTok. And give me some subscribes on that one, man. I'm trying to bump that up. And um, that's about it. If you follow me on those two platforms, you'll know all you need to know. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. Dude, it's been a fucking pleasure. As Thank always. you for having me, man. I had a good time. Hey, man.